1: We made it to a landmark episode, Wonder Tour 100. Wonder Tour 100 is going to be a series of five episodes where we synthesize from the different concepts, movies, and models that we've looked at through episodes one to 99, some working models that we can use in our lives to be able to develop good character and to change the world. This episode is going to be about how to explore the unknown. We're going to put together pieces from our Becoming Curious Explorers series, as well as our map making series, and everything in between, to help build a model for how we move from a small world to a big world. We see great examples in movies. Perhaps the easiest one is in Beauty and the Beast, where we have characters who start out like Belle in this small town world where... Everything is complacent and they don't have a lot of power or influence. But Belle has dreams that are larger. She wants to move to a bigger world. She wants to be able to have an impact on the lives of the people around her. And so she goes through this story in Beauty and the Beast of developing character, exerting character, and influence onto the world around her. And she does it in surprising ways in order to achieve transformation. So most of us have probably been through that cycle at least once in our lives, going from what feels like a small world to a big world, just like the heroes that we look at on Wonder Tour. Join us as we try to synthesize a model for how best we can, from a starting point of the small world, move into the big world and make a big influence. Welcome to Wonder Tour.
2: All right, welcome back, Wanderers. This is Brian. I'm here with Drew and a special returning guest, OG Wonder Tourian Derek Cobb. Really looking forward to this episode. We had a couple series last year on curious explorers and map making, and that's going to be sort of the basis of a lot of the content we talk about today but like drew just said we've got this we want to start from the viewpoint of compassion for the aspiring magnanimous leader if you're in a role where you have a new leadership position and you're trying to figure out how to attack it or you're maybe in an existing position without a lot of authority you're trying to figure out how to break into a bigger world you know the whole point of this podcast is that there are lessons we can learn from the stories that sort of feel natural to us about the patterns that are skillful in embracing those challenges so we have a couple key takeaways that we've synthesized from our experience of examining these stories and stitching them together with things that we know. And I think we just maybe in this episode, we'll just walk through some of them and talk about examples from the stories and examples from our own lives. So I'm going to toss the first one out here and ask uh, Derek and Drew to take a run at it. So your first takeaway, you're in the small world and you want to break out into the bigger world. Then what are the what are the preconditions for that? What's necessary for you to be poised to take a step into a larger world, as Obi-Wan says, or to embrace a challenge that maybe you aren't even completely aware of? What do you guys got? I'll start out, I guess,
0: uh <laughs> I mean, I, I want to say that it's a uh, pretty cool to be at episode 100 on Wonder Tour. First off, just you know, just kind of like that, you know, it's a, it's a big deal for us. And um, I think we started out. Maybe this is it. Maybe it doesn't necessarily have to be from a story yet, but it could be from our story. So we started out. We were in a very very small world. Whenever you're pre podcasting, you're not really you don't really know exactly what you're getting into. I could say that much. <laughs> you just start having a Conversation. And I still go back to this because I think I talked about this at episode 50, which was we called it Strategy Factory. At least one day we did. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and I think that was a very small version of what we thought it was going to be like. At least I did. I My first episode idea was red herrings and how red herrings are important in tactics to drive people, well, to keep the people who are taking up all your time busy while you do the thing that you need to do to get the right job done. The cool thing was, is that as we pulled the layers back, we realized that that on the surface, that was just a more of a symptom of what we more deeply wanted, which was transformation in people and organizations. And so I thought that was pretty interesting, and it, it was definitely very much a I've exhausted the small world. I know every inch of the small world, and I'm trying to break out into the bigger world. I just don't know how yet. I'm looking for the cracks in the walls. I'm looking for the holes. I'm looking for the shifts and all these different things. And so that's, I think, a great way to explain it, at least starting off. Being that this is a reflective episode at episode 100, that's kind of what I would take off the top of my head.
2: Yeah, I love that, Derek. And that's, you know, the the Wonder Tour podcast origin story as one bracket. And like Drew said, the Bell in Beauty and the Beast as another bracket of I'm hearing two elements. Like one is the the realization that there is a bigger world, the realization that there are things out there that I haven't learned or opportunities out there that I haven't attacked. But then that has to be coupled with some motivation to go after it. Whether you're dissatisfied with where you are now or you're just really curious about what else is out there, you know, you just want to go run some trials. So you guys were exactly in that position. I know you both well are, you're always curious. You're always looking to learn new things. You're always looking to bring them back and figure out how to use them. So this podcast is a way to do that is to get to learn lots of cool concepts and sort of synthesize them together, but then figure out how to apply them in daily life.
1: Yeah. And it's not like, we're not Alexander here. We're not never satisfied, but. There is a perpetual level of dissatisfaction, not with people specifically, but with the overall systems that we exist within, right? I think to be a wonder is to be dissatisfied with the level that the current systems offer and to want to do better, to want to empower people more, to want to provide more freedom to people. And so... That was the starting point of Wonder Tour. So I love how Derek has, of course, split the script here and figured out a meta-narrative that all just came out of thin air, apparently, because we had not discussed this prior. But, you know, what does it feel like to be in a small world? I think is a good starting point. And I think it feels like I know what's going on, I have a routine you know, a lot of people might be there in an entry level job at one point, right? You remember when you first kind of understood, ah, this is how the business functions. I get it. This is what my role is. Okay. I can, I can do this pretty well now, but then you realize like, oh, but there's so many more roles and there's so many more functions within the business. And I'm only looking at my slice of it so i think in order to be able to initiate a move from the small world to the big world it starts with like you said that dissatisfaction and we see that with Belle, right she has her moments in beauty and the beast where she is talking about you know there has to be more than this provincial life she's satisfied in the world that she's in but she's also dissatisfied at the same time
2: i want to in the great white somewhere
1: sorry i had to do it <laughs> we, beautiful
0: we did it. we did it episode 100 you heard it here spontaneous <laughs> singing
1: moment
2: i love it bell is a baritone beauty is in the eyes of the beholder all right <laughs> thank you brian so how do we then break out of that that dissatisfaction
1: isn't enough and that's where the curious explorers series really helped us to understand that to want adventure and to have that ambition to do something is one thing but curating that curiosity within us curating the character like bell does to be able to handle the big world is a big piece of it. There's an internal and an external piece of breaking out of the small world. The internal piece is curating our character within what we can control. It is developing ourselves into the type of people that are adept, that are skilled, and that are, most importantly, probably helpful and empowering to other people that are humble, that are loving. You know, all of these great things that we talk about of high integrity, et cetera, right? But there's levels to all of those things. And so we want to be able to expand our potential there. And by expanding it, expand our influence on the world to become magnanimous for the good of others. And so maybe flipping it back to you guys, the external piece of that is trying to understand the map. It's trying to understand, okay, I I have a decent enough grasp on myself, but that's not going to be enough to initiate a change from the small world to the big world as we see in the normal hero's journey.
2: That's a really great transition, I think, to the the next step that we talked about was that once you are exposed to the bigger world, once you have the opportunity to take that step, and you know, going back to the examples, right? It may be I've been assigned a leadership role that's unfamiliar, or I've taken a new job and I don't really know this company very well, or I've stepped into a new volunteer opportunity and I don't know how it runs. You know, it may be intentional or it may be a thing that's been inflicted on you. Then, yeah, how do you how do you learn about the big world? What are some strategies to gain information about how it works and what should you be looking for. So I think I know Derek, you had a good strategy on this. You know, how do you approach a new problem in a larger organization or a new domain where you're trying to kind of find your footing? I think
0: we're talking towards this running experiments, right? So really we're talking about and again I the reason I bring in the meta narrative of creating a podcast is because I think it's important to share that vulner, you know vulnerability aspect. But it also is a good story about how to do this right we did run some experiments and again i'm gonna reach back in my my old history book i'm gonna reach back in there and my friend something sunny we did some episodes that weren't good <laughs> they just were terrible and in fact i brought up one of them today and i don't know why it wasn't Good. It mostly was was not good because I said a certain phrase, repeated a certain phrase too much. We didn't have really a plan on how to do it. We didn't have the recipe figured out. When you run experiments and you go through, whether you do it in a scientific way or you do it in a more of an intuitive way, like myself, I'm more of an intuitive type that just wants to run the experiment and then see how i feel after there's a lot of it that is totally intangible a lot of it that i cannot quantify other than that didn't feel good or that did feel good right as you get that feedback you start to understand right you you start to well, you're, you're you're able to break down your naive mindset that's for sure you're able to kind of say yeah you're naive going into it but You also start to see the patterns, and you can start to see what the recipe becomes. I don't know. That's about the best way I can throw it out there, at least, and we can kick that around. But you start to see a recipe emerge. It is not a clean process, though. Finding out stuff about this outside world is not a clean process, and there's lots of different ways to do it. What I see is there's two modes. One is the intuitive mode. One is the logical metric mode. Dare I say you need both.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I like a couple things that you said there. The the running experiments thing is really cool, right? One of the natural things that happens when you're encountering the unknown, when you're in an unfamiliar role, when you're trying something you don't know that you're good at is you're fearful, right? You're worried that you're not going to be good at it. The people that are working for you are worried that they're not going to be good at it or that they're going to fail. And one of the easiest ways to diffuse that fear of failure is to call something an experiment. Is not say, I have the perfect plan and I have all the knowledge and this is how we're going to succeed, is to say. None of us have the perfect plan or all the knowledge, and the whole point of this next thing we're going to do is to gain knowledge. We're just going to try it and see, like you said, see how it intuitively feels or see how it logically maps against what we expected. And that sensibility of just run the experiment, gain information, and then we'll have a better step is something that we see. Like in the stories that, you know, in the stories we talk about, I think our, one of our classic ones is the Fast and Furious 5, which Drew and I went into not at all expecting to get life lessons out of. Like it's cars racing and things exploding on the screen, right, as a heist movie. But one of the fun things was watching was the, the crew and Dom Toretto as an unexpectedly magnanimous leader. The first half of the movie is just running experiments to see what the lay of the land is. Like where are they hiding the money and what are the forces that are against us? we're going to burn this pile of money as an investment so that they move the rest of the money to their safe houses and we know where they are. They move the rest of the money from the safe mm-hmm. houses to the big safe so we know where it and is. And they run like,
1: the big they run the big test too when they have they go down to the drag race, right?
2: Yeah. So this kind of this constant like just run some stuff but give yourself permission to fail. Give yourself permission for it to just be a trial. Really unlocks some of that fear, unlocks the ability to go at it. But the other thing you said, Derek, that I really loved was the naive mindset, right? Is that we see some characters like Loki in the Loki series or Buddy and Elf who are assuming that the big world works the same works the same way as their small world and they're just trying to do their thing and they're kind of causing mayhem all around them. Whereas the characters who are more open to learning the rules adapt much more quickly. The characters that go in knowing that they don't know. And I think you guys are both really good at that, like is walking in to a situation like aware that you may not be an expert, but open to, like you said, sensing the patterns or understanding. What the what the deal is here
1: yes this idea in step two of running experiments and scouting to gain information is kind of based on the inherent fact that within this model of moving from a small world to a big world you are always engaging the big world at a disadvantage in terms of knowledge and probably resources definitely knowledge and probably resources That's inherent to the system. The fact that you are the smaller, you're coming from somewhere smaller into a bigger, more established system always means that you have less knowledge about that system and probably that you have less resources. Otherwise, you would already have what you need in order to overturn the system or transform the system. So perfect example here, like we're talking about, is Fast Five, where they are on the run, essentially. You know, Dom and Brian and the crew are on the run. They don't have a lot of resources. They don't even have the cars that they're going to need in order to pull off this job they're not allowed into the US right they have the US government against them they have the local cartels against them everything is against them and and they're in a foreign place they're in Rio they don't have a lot of information about that place the one thing you can counter there in terms of that disadvantage in knowledge and resources is the knowledge piece fairly fast and we do that by map making we try to identify unknown areas on the map and then gain information about the spaces the players, and like you were talking about, Brian, the rules of
2: the game. Yeah, absolutely. So what that sets us up for is even if you haven't collected all the resources yet, even if you haven't demonstrated success, if you gain the knowledge, if if you understand the situation that's around you, you understand the rules of the big world a little bit better, then you can start to make your game plan, right? So So I'm going to ask Derek to lead off on this one again because I love his thought on how to approach the bigger, the intractable, the established order, the bigger system. So what's what's your strategy here, Derek?
0: If you're saying we're getting into this game plan to traverse an unknown map, I think the first thing you do is to look at a system, right, and then you say, where are the biases at? If I were to look at a rock wall that has water running down it for centuries, I'm going to see the biases in that system, right? I'm going to see where the water has gone for the longest time. Where's the dry area at? I know I just made up another metaphor right off the bat, but it's really truth is truth, right? It's right out there. It's right in your face. And, you know, you can see it in any any kind of a system. So anything that's established, you can see. You can see the wrinkles on someone's face. You can see, I mean, they're all there, the biases in the systems. This is what it is, right? And you go into that system looking at those biases and saying, you know, I'm going to go away from that, right? I'm going to go look for the, the areas that are dry, that are, that are arid, that they haven't been taken care of in a long time. And I'm going to go in there and see what I can do, right? I'm going to go see what is it that I can reverse about this situation? Can I pour water on that dry area? Can I aerate it? What what can I do to, to change things and to spark some new thoughts and new perspectives? And that crystallization is very natural for just about every entity in the world, right? Because that's just where, you know, it's a universe of physical rules.
1: This is you where know? we're looking at flows. So that was the perfect analogy, Derek, there, the water flowing on the rock, the channels of where the water flows on the rock are where the water has flowed, and they're where the water will flow. They also lead us to the question of what if, what if we change the way that the water is flowing? Because in order to transform a system, and again, we use, we're using systems not to be like disparaging all of the systems that exist in the world right now, they all need to be overturned, right? But No system is perfect, and every system could use for improvement, and any system that's been around for any extended period of time generally has big opportunities for improvement, but those opportunities don't get to flourish because the system protects itself. Like you were explaining right there, right? The water just flows through the channels it's always flowed through because that's the only way that system can possibly work. So I think the one thing that we've done on Wonder Tour is we bring in What If, and that's what we see Dom do as well in Fast Five. He's like, all right, well, they have all this money at all these different locations that we're trying to steal from them. We have limited resources. We only have a handful of team members and a handful of cars, and they have an army. The cartel owns the government, basically. So what are we going to do? How are we possibly going to pull this off? It's like, well, what if all the money was in one spot instead? Not even questioning how it's going to get there. What if the money was just in one spot so that we only had to tackle one vault. That sort of a question is great when we're making a game plan because it actually shortcuts certain parts of the unknown on the map, right? We only have to have enough information. It allows us to operate at an information disadvantage and at a resource disadvantage, and it gives us that flipping the script moment where we can do something unexpected that the system will not have a quick response to necessarily because it's not within the way that the water currently flows.
2: Or even that you can trigger a known response in the system so that you can at least be a little bit more sure of what the next step is, right? And this is, again, it's not like you stop running experiments once you gain some information, right? All of these can be experiments. Okay, great. What if I pushed a little bit of water over here? Would it, would it naturally flow in this other channel? Oh, that might work. Let's do that. Like you know, So you can do these iteratively. But absolutely, you're looking for the opportunities of, you know, how do I gain as much information as possible? How do I finish up my map using our map making analogy? But also like, okay, now what am I trying to accomplish? You've come into this. You've come out of your small world into the big world, probably because you had an idea of a change you wanted to make in the world. You know, you had an idea. We think that there should be a podcast that helps us really lock in lessons from these stories that everybody could easily understand because everybody loves these stories like that's a change in the world. You guys are like, this is a thing that could happen. How do we make that happen? Let's run a bunch of experiments and record some bad episodes, record some amazing episodes and distill it down into a recipe. So wrapping up here then, so we've done this, we're aware of the big world, we've either been thrust into it or we've got a desire to go into it, we've been launched out into this bigger world, we spend some time running experiments, we spend some time scouting, we spend some time trying to fill out the map and gaining information. And then we look at that map, we look at the environment, and we look for the points where we have leverage, where it is susceptible to change, where we can flip the script or we can do something unexpected or we can trigger a response that we want. So now that we've seen these opportunities, we're kind of shifting roles, right? We're going to shift from the experimental gathering phase to the, okay, I want to make a change in the world. I'm going to commit resources to something. I'm going to decide that this is the action that I'm going to take, or this is the, the plan that I'm going to pursue, or this is the specific thing I'm going to go after. And as we've said a couple times in passing in this episode, I feel like one of the things I've learned from this whole experience is the flipping the script concept, is the doing the unexpected thing, coming at it from another angle. When you're at a resource disadvantage, almost required, like oh, it's almost, almost always the way that you have to go. But that seems like kind of the next step, right? Because now we've got, we've got this information. We're here in the big world. We've got some idea how it works. So what do we do next?
1: I'm looking forward to that one, coming back and talking about flipping the script. I think that's one of the, nothing that we're coming up here with is a novel concept, right? But the synthesis of these different models together and mapping them onto stories is the novel aspect of it. The flipping the script moment is something that we see literally in every transformational triumph, in every hero's journey, basically, that we have to find the little moments to flip the script, and we have to find the generally the one big moment that's going to turn the system upside down. So going through and looking at in more detail what we've learned from all of those flipping the script moments that we can apply to our lives is going to be really helpful to me.
0: And I just want to introduce as a soak that the script has the printed words on the front and on the back, the script is blank.
2: (laughs) So I think that's Uh, a great image. I love this. I think that's,
0: that helps me a lot. So I don't know if it helps anyone else out there, but I think it, I think it does. That's what we're, what we're talking about here.
2: So Derek, what would you say is the, as we're capping this episode off, what is flipping the script look like? What is, what's the plan to flip the script when, when you start this podcast? What is, what is it about Wonder Tour that is an angle that hasn't been taken before that was a subverting expectations?
0: Um, I, I, yeah, I think that part of it is just recognizing that there's a trap. The trap is that you literally get kind of more obsessed about the story than you do about the application and taking the nuggets out of it and extracting what's in there. And honestly, I've explained the premise of what we do to many people. And it always tends to go to the local minima of, well, that's a movie review. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's not a movie review. It's, it's a search. And the search is very detailed at times. Sometimes it's not detailed. Sometimes it's an intuitive search and it's a salient point search, right? What we're looking for is something that is subverting of the narrative of all the things that I've ever seen before. That's that novel thing that sticks out that is going to be that X factor that's going to give me the edge. That literally is what I'm looking for in order to flip the script. I'm looking for that secret. I don't want to say trope. I, it's not a trope. It's it's that secret nugget of wisdom that yeah. gives me the edge, honestly. And and I'm in that search constantly because this world is very. When you have this path that's like beaten down over and over and over,
2: you just start to wonder: is there something else? Yeah, no, that that's great. The way it hit me was exactly a flipping the script. Right? Is that as much as these stories are entertainment, as much as these stories are fun to watch on the big screen, and I'm not a Jedi, I don't have a lightsaber, and I, you know, I can't fly cars through the sky, <laughs> whatever. The flipping the script for me was I don't have to be a victim. I can just decide to be the hero. I can just decide to frame my situation as an opportunity to break out of the small world. I can decide to frame my situation as. Oh, I'm kind of like Cooper and Murph, and what they would do in this situation is this, something magnanimous, something compassionate, something curious, something ambitious. That's the world that I want to live in is where I just give myself permission to try and challenge myself to carry that level of magnanimous with me while I'm doing it. And those are really hard things to do, especially both at the same time but these stories kind of give us a framework for like, oh, it's just like that, they did it, right? That's what it looks like. So that's what I love so much about the formula is kind of the permission to flip your own script. Love that, perfect. Well, thanks so much, everyone, this has been great. I'm so excited that we're here at episode 100 and working our way through the lessons we've learned. I love that we've got Derek back to share his OG insights and we're looking forward to talking to you again. We'll be back for examples and strategies about flipping the script itself. What does it look like when you take that step? In the meantime, have a great week. And just remember, as always, character is destiny.